Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. I heard an angel say, wake up, wake up, your wonderful dreams come true. A newborn feeling had me reeling, I said to myself, where am I? It's all so hazy, may sound crazy, there wasn't a star in the sky. Still I saw stars, I heard a birdie sing, so sweet, so sweet, the moment I fell for you. Django here on The Humble Farmer. And here we have an incoming call. Perhaps it is from a radio friend. Whoever can it be? Hmm, I think I'm going to ignore this call. Because it looks like it's from out of state. We don't want to talk from anybody on the West Coast, do we? 9151. I think they've gone away. You can count on it. Anyway, thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. That is, of course, who you've got here stumbling around here on your favorite radio station. 
Question for you this week is, should teachers be graded? <laughs> so much for that. Maybe we can unplug that next time, so so uh, it won't be bothering us. The question for this week is, should teachers be graded on student achievement test scores? How do you feel about that? My friend Heather says that teachers should be graded on student achievement test scores only on those students with parents who passed a test permitting them to have children. Heather says that it matters way more which tree the apple falls from and which orchard it originates from than where it is peeled and pressed.
Ghana here on The Humble Farmer. What do you do when people tell you that you're being snobby? People have accused you of being snobby. When people accuse me of being an elitist snob, I usually deny it by laughing and admitting that I have friends who voted for Governor LePage and Elliot Cutler. Django, you might have seen the recent study which amazed scientists when they crunched the numbers and determined how many birds and other things that breathe were killed by cats every year. While talking about this with some friends, Peter said, They destroy the air quality many of us have to breathe. I can identify. When I was born... I was allergic to the cat, but they couldn't figure out why I was sickly and always crying. And I remember hearing tell that they tied my hands so I couldn't rub my eyes because I was crying and gagging. Those of us who have survived this kind of thing are likely to believe that having a cat in the house is more criminal than 
bringing up a child in a house full of cigarette, cigar smoke. And you might be one of my many friends who survived that too, as did many of us, but of course, as a result, my lungs are shot today. I can tell if there's a cat in the house even before I go in the door. Around 1960, I spent a night in a friend's vacated apartment in Stockholm. No one had been there in the apartment for three or so months. I woke up in the middle of the night, gasping for breath, and spent the remainder of the night walking the streets of Stockholm, trying to clear my lungs. Good thing it was summertime, and of course it's light there at two o'clock in the morning. I remember it well. No one told me that up until three months before, a cat had been living in that apartment. I'd love to ride a horse, but I can't go near him. Cow friends and dogs don't bother me that much. Do you have a so-called domesticated pet that lives in your house? You want to ask yourself if you should call a pet domesticated, if it would quickly eat you if you were dead. Good evening, friends. Boo, boo, boo. Boo. 
here on the Humble Farmer. That was Fletcher Henderson, probably from way back in the early 20s. Thank you for listening with any lucky doll, because you can hear me playing old, old, old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite radio station. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com, and I would love to hear from you. Get a lot of stuff. I get a lot of stuff out of the newspaper. I read it every day. We read in the paper that a freshman Republican legislator has put two controversial proposals that would make Maine a right-to-work state back on the table in Augusta. And when you read that, it probably reminded you that when the U.S. occupied Japan after World War II, General MacArthur and his aides worked very hard with Japanese citizens to write a constitution that would assure that the militarized autocracy was replaced with democracy. Knowing that workers would need to have a voice in the new Japan, MacArthur included language that said, The right of workers to organize and to bargain and act collectively is guaranteed. Being good, freedom-loving Americans, we forced labor unions down their Japanese throats to make sure Japan would always be a democracy. You also know that when the United States occupied Germany after World War II, General Eisenhower and his aides worked so hard with German citizens to write a constitution that would assure that the mustache man's fascism was replaced with a democracy. Recognizing that workers would need to have a voice in the new Germany, they included a provision that said, The right to farm associations to safeguard and improve working and economic conditions shall be guaranteed to every individual and to every occupation or profession. Agreements that restrict or seek to impair this right shall be null and void. Measures directed to this end shall be unlawful. Hmm. But today we see these measures that restrict or seek to impair this right, are becoming popular in this country. They are called right-to-work laws. Anyway, being good and freedom-loving Americans, we forced labor unions down their Nazi throats so Germany would always be a democracy. That's the difference between a democracy and a fascist state. World War II was a long time ago. Only a few of us remember it. And it looks like some people who run around trying to pass laws that benefit corporate America, these people hope that the present generation has no idea of what World War II was all about. If labor unions are circumvented here, are we destroying our democracy and creating the kind of state that Americans fought against in World War II? You tell me. Are we? Thank you. 
Friday be good? Yep, 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 yep. Yep, 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 yep. If you live in Maine, <laughs> if you live in Maine, you are not surprised to read that a Maine official wants to cut liquor prices to improve sales. <laughs> That's a quote from the paper. Maine official wants to cut liquor sales to improve liquor prices to improve sales. Yes, here's a Maine official who wants Maine people to drink more whiskey. What are you doing to help? Because your first question's probably, was he appointed by our governor? And I have to tell you that I don't know. But here's, please listen to this, here's how one of our astute neighbors, one of our astute neighbors suggests we handle this whiskey situation like this. And, and I'm trying to quote here. Maybe we should have statewide liquor specials before all of the major holiday weeks and weekends. Just imagine, 75% off all liquor during the first week in July, Memorial and Labor Day weekends, Halloween, Christmas, New Year's week, Kanduskeg River Race, Opening Day, Bangamuni, Groundhog Day, Summer and Winter Solstice, the first day the temperature went above 80 degrees and below zero, the first verified sightings of crocus in the spring. The list could go on and on. You'd still be required to pay the sales tax on the original price. It would be a great boon to the state of Maine coffers. I guess there's a little typer in there. A great boon to the state of Maine's coffers. You know, if this program to get Maine people to drink more whiskey works, yes, you're thinking, how long will it be before crafty Maine officials will run television ads to sell more cigarettes? And how about ads to get Maine people to drink more beer? Guess not. That one's just about maxed out.
I remember you. Do, 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 do. Scott Hamilton, of course. We read in the newspaper that Maine teachers don't want student achievement to play a big part in their evaluations. And anyone who has taught anywhere for 20 or so years can tell you why. When you Googled, you discovered that the teachers in Finland produce about the highest achievers in the Western world. If you were to ask any Finnish teacher if they're always testing their students, you know what they'd say? A. And you read that these Finnish students go years and years between tests. Anyway, to paraphrase a comment, what's comment once made by a farmer in North Whitefield, so it can be said on the radio, you can't beat manure and get whipped cream. One of my most memorable educational achievements was teaching a little boy how to wipe his nose on a handkerchief and not on the back of his hand. And I got him to the point where he could sit at the lunch counter at Moody's Diner without offending anyone, and Although social skills are not measured on any test, what I did was appreciated by his friends. Please listen closely to this question, and then you tell me what you'd do. Would you, as a teacher, rather be evaluated on the test achievements of students in a town where most of the parents are college graduates with high-paying jobs, or would you rather be evaluated on the progress of your students who live in the poorest areas of Maine where most parents can't write a coherent sentence in any language and prove it by sending letters to the editor of your local paper. Please let me repeat what we talked about on this program earlier. Which matters more? The tree the apple falls from and in which orchard it originates? Or where the apple is peeled and pressed? What would happen if teachers were evaluated on student achievement test scores only when those students have parents who passed a test permitting them to have children? Every star above knows the one I love, sweet Sue, just you. And the moon up high knows the reason why. It's you, no one else it seems ever shares my dream Without you dear, I don't know what I'd do In this heart of mine, you'll live all the time Sweet too, just you
Here on The Humble Farmer, where with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week, this time right here on your favorite station. Thank you for listening. I have here in my hand a check from U.S. Airlines. The amount on the check is $1,298 and no cents. Nice round number, isn't it? I have not cashed this check. And you know that very well could have been them calling me at the beginning of this program asking why I had not cashed this check. Don't you wish that U.S. Airlines would send you a check for $1,298 and no cents? You probably won't be getting one this week unless you have better luck finding U.S. Airlines than I did. Would you be surprised to hear that your buddy Humble can find no company named U.S. Airlines? Somebody, listen to this, somebody has spent a lot of money sending out checks from a company that does does not seem to exist. Whatever would motivate anyone to do something like that? I thought Bernie Madoff was in jail. There's a telephone number attached to the check, one eight six six nine five five, and so on. If I have time this week, I'm going to call that number. What do you suppose I'll be able to tell you next week if I do? Probably the phone won't ring when I try to start the show. This can't be love because I feel so well. No sobs, no sorrows, no sighs. This can't be love, I get no dizzy spells, my head is not in the skies, my heart does not stand still, just hear it beat, this is too sweet, too Because I feel so well, but still I love to look in your eyes. 
What a nice sounding band backing up Natalie Cole. Nice sound trombone. For years and years you've heard me say that I don't see any sense in keeping a pet that you can't eat. But only a very foolish old man would boast that he never changes his mind. Yes. Your buddy Humble has arrived at the age where he would not mind having a pet that did absolutely nothing but wander around in his house and keep him, keep him company all day. So keep your eyes open. And if you can find an animal that can be taught the Heimlich maneuver and administer CPR, I will bring it to my home and feed it. Beautiful music, dangerous rhythm. You're dancing You sing While you're dancing You'll find before the dance is through That you're in love with her And she's in love with you You'll find While you're dancing so there's a rhythm in your heart and soul, certain rhythm that you can't control. You will do the continental all the time.
Django. And it's almost time to tell you that you are listening to The Humble Farmer on your very favorite radio station. With any luck at all, of course, I'm playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to tell your friends about this program. We appreciate that kind of publicity. And I get laughing thinking about the phone ringing. Remember what I used to say when the phone would ring 10 so 15 years ago? I'd say, hey, Victor, you want to get that? <laughs> I haven't seen my buddy Victor Hathaway for well, 15, 20 years. I don't know if he went back to Bryant Pond or what he's doing. Anyway, so some children have self-destructive tendencies. Living on the edge is part of having what they call fun. They drive fast. They don't wear seat belts. They drive snowmobiles. And as an aside here, I was surprised to learn this week that only one of my wife's cousins was decapitated while driving a snowmobile. They smoke. Children drink. To experience the thrill of belonging, they crowd into rooms without exits to watch bands that employ outdoor fireworks. And the rest of us sigh and wonder how we ever survive to be 40.
Anna here on The Humble Farmer. There are horror movies where people drip blood. You've seen them. And there are gangster movies in which problems are settled with machine guns. There are kickboxing matches that strain one's ability to comprehend such unmitigated brutality. And there are Civil War movies in which the colonel smokes. But when it comes to doing the worst thing I have ever seen on any screen, Clint Eastwood gets my vote. You might have seen the movie High Plains Drifter, in which Clint comes into town and shoots three men and rapes a woman before he's had time to take off his hat. You might remember the scene in that movie that disturbed me. It is, of course, the one in which he gives two cute little Indian children two huge glass jars full of candy.
Ambalon. Ambalon. The name of the mother of one of my friends, I believe. Welfare is a win-win for business because business is the ultimate benefactor of welfare or the hated government handouts. It's a win-win for business because they end up with the handout money at the same time they're able to cry about the cost of welfare and point their fingers at lazy people. Let's analyze this situation. You know, of course, that there are more people on welfare who are working than people on welfare who are not working. Who profits when working people get benefits from the government? The employer who is paying the employee such a low wage that the employee is eligible for state aid. If wages were higher, workers would not be eligible for these government benefits and the government would no longer, of course, be then subsidizing business. Henderson. Almost time to get out of here. Got time for one more, I guess. 
from time to time, I feel obligated to tell you something that will make your life happier and easier. And now is one of those times, so please listen carefully. Never, ever talk politics with someone who is giving you an injection or cutting your hair. I just googled how many people in the United States choke on ballpoint pens every year and got a website that told me where I could buy them. <laughs> 